Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Evolvepreneur After Hours show. I'm your host, Michelle McDonald. My mission is to help entrepreneurs make a difference and navigate the messy world of startup or relaunch, commonly called a pivot. Join me today as we dig deep with our guests and get you the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. Today's topic is how to start up with just an idea with my special guest, Chris Joyce, who is the founder of 24 companies in high-tech, consumer goods, health, and manufacturing. His products have been sold in more than 11,000 stores in 23 countries, and his tech product users are in 148 countries across the globe. Chris's newest venture is Gusher, a simple, quick, an easy way to create and build a startup without investors or capital. Gushup covers the creation of startups from technology, media, and health to design, finance, and gaming. Chris, welcome, welcome. Michelle, thanks for having me. I love the way that you pronounce the company with, with a little bit of an accent. I was like, that is a great sound in terms of saying Gusher that way. It was phenomenal. No problem. I want people to get excited when they hear about it. They do. So yeah. here we are. Gusher. Gusher. So I have a feeling that technology is one of your passions. It's one of those things that you simply love to do or are extremely good at. What was your introduction to technology and why was it important to be connected to your businesses? Sure. Well, well to technology companies, I, I've never lit, written a line of code, okay, ever in my life, period. But I've had a lot of tech companies. I, I find it very easy to identify problems, uh, typically problems that I'm having on a day-to-day -day basis. And usually I, I need a solution. So what I'm very, very good at and really corralling people is going in and finding people that really are a lot better at what they do than I do uh, and convincing them that the idea is valid and worthy of going after and getting them to enjoy it. That's basically how you form a company as a founder. You're not really supposed to necessarily sit there and do all that work. It's finding people and surrounding yourself with people that are much better at what they do than you are. I love that you mentioned that because we often kind of feel like as entrepreneurs, even to build a startup, that we have to have these multiple hats all of the time. Yep. And we see like there's this list of 10 things that I have to do. I'm only familiar with two and instantly I feel to them. So the fact that you brought up outsourcing and connecting with those who have strength that we need is very important. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's something that comes with, with time. In the beginning stages, uh, one of the things that I always tried to do is I wore all those hats too. I went through those mistakes. But there was one company I had that, although it grew to be substantial in size, we could have ended up owning the entire market. It could have been 10 times bigger if I started out with a team of people that really were better at what they did. So I did the manufacturing, I did the marketing, I did the sales, I did everything on that. And it took about three years to get out of that rut. And by then it really took off, but we could have been much, much further ahead in terms of where we were at that time by bringing on people that were better and by asking for help. That's one of the things that entrepreneurs, the good ones are, are good at doing, just asking somebody for help. Yeah, and realizing that by doing that, you're showing a level of vulnerability and you're actually connecting on a human level. We kind of glow with this sense of 
I must be a perfectionist. I must kind of show that I've got it yep. all to begin this up. And, you know, people respect when you are yourself and they are more likely to want to connect with you on a business level. Sure. Well, the one thing that I always say is you always hear this phrase, you know, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. And while I understand that when it comes to certain processes, all right, I think fundamentally it's the wrong way to go about doing business. I know that the best founders on our platform, which we'll go into later, the best founders on our platform are extremely honest. Uh, they're the type of people that they don't fake it till they make it. The people that BS and, and try to pretend that there's something that they're not end up in problems. And the thing that you have to think about is when you are authentic, when you ask for help, it's not even necessarily vulnerability, although it is. But what you end up doing is you end up attracting the right people that you need at that time. So if you're a, a single person in a garage, uh, if you're a single mom working out of her car, which I've seen and done and everything else uh, with founders, don't don't fake it. I mean, literally state that and you'll get the right people at the right time because the last thing you want is some big company or something to come in thinking that you're something you're not and then you can't service it, you can't grow it, you can't figure a way to get there. So it pays Very to be honest. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I am fascinated with how to start a startup with just an idea. Sure. Especially because there are so many of us, we have ideas all of the time. Yeah. And we're always trying to figure out, like, can I monetize this? Sure. So what was the aha moment that inspired you to create Gushit? Well, there were a couple. Like when, when I was a kid, the one thing that I grew up with is my mom. I don't know if you're familiar with because where you're located right now, but I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, Fairborn, Ohio. And my mom was working a low-level secretarial job for the government, uh, and she really always had these big ideas. Well, I, I'm not sure, you know, in terms of if you know about the 80s and women in uh, Ohio, but there's no such thing as a venture capital ecosystem. And even now, it's extremely difficult for females to get venture capital of any sort. So hers was really a pipe dream at the time. And it took her well into her 50s to really be able to, quote unquote, make it, which she finally did. But really, Gusher was born out of that. And flash forward to a couple of years ago, I was at a meeting in Washington, D.C. with a group of entrepreneurs at a law firm. And these were brilliant guys, brilliant females, brilliant everything else. But they didn't look like everyone else. They didn't sound like everyone else. They didn't wear hoodies and attend Stanford. And because it wasn't New York, Silicon Valley, or Israel, their chances of getting funding were basically non-existent. And so that was really the time that I said, okay, well, maybe we should show our method of starting companies. It's something I've done for literally decades. It's something we've done with hundreds of entities now. Uh, and it's a very successful way of starting a company. And you don't need anything. You don't need a penny regardless of whatever you hear. You don't need a cent. And you have definitely dispelled a myth just now because many of us believe I must build capital to even get started. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm already breaking the bank. How can I make this happen? So what is it about Gusher that connects with the flip side to that? Sure. Well, well, think of it this way. The, the correct way of creating a company is not going after money and then spending that money and then going ahead and now trying to figure out the company. All right. 
So what typically people do is they'll raise money, they'll hire developers if they're creating a software company, then they'll try to figure out the marketing and spend money, and then hopefully they find this magical product market fit and they're off to the races. It typically doesn't exist. It doesn't happen that way. That's why most companies and venture capital funded companies fail, okay? The correct way of doing it, and, and it's nothing new, but it seems to be, have been lost over time here, is really the art of finagling and creating a company in the beginning stages a certain way. So one of the first steps that you take is you're there testing the idea. Well, what's the most valid way of testing that idea? Well, for us in our thesis, the most valid way is can you go ahead and bring somebody on your team for equity into your company? Meaning that you don't have money to pay them. Are they willing to work for you and help make that dream come true in exchange for equity? Well, anybody will come to you and work for you and say yes and take a paycheck. But how many people will join your company in exchange for performance-based equity? Not many unless you fundamentally have a good idea, you can communicate it, and those things are necessary because what it does is it starts to paint the path for the next steps of company creation. When you're able to recruit, when you're able to bring somebody on for equity uh, to go ahead and perform whatever task it is, what it sets you up for is creating the voice of the product, the DNA of the marketing messages, the right way to approach investors. And so if you're able to go ahead and get, let's say, a friends and family money, which most people don't have rich friends and family, well, again, that's setting you up for failure because you should be creating that thing first with people just coming together collaboratively to create a product. The Wright brothers did it. Lots of uh, even uh, Jobs and Wozniak did it with Apple in the beginning stages. They paid their uh, graphic designer with stock. I mean, it's, it's a famous story uh, from, from time and over history. There's so many companies that have done it this way. And it's not just shoestringing. It, it's really creating that fundamental team and bringing them in as owners in the company. It creates a different product, a different company. Definitely. And it's because people truly buy into the person and not necessarily the products or services. They have to trust you. They have to believe in you. And a lot of what I'm getting from what you're saying is community. The yes. importance of building a community around your business. No doubt. And and the one thing is like you touched on it where the belief in the founder, okay? It, it's it That really is a huge portion of it. Like one of the things that we require is that you need to have a video as a founder. Why? Because these people, when they first see your company, they first see what it's about before they apply to join your company. Well, yeah, they can have a summary and everything else. But Michelle, if it was you and you doing a company, I would insist on you doing a video just right now sitting there. It can be in your car. It can be in your kitchen. It can be with screaming kids in the background. It doesn't matter. What matters is the authenticity of the message and the sincerity of the person trying to get that across. People don't understand that that goes a long, long way. It takes you almost all the way. All the way. Absolutely, because it really puts your core values, what is standing behind your business, center stage. They yep. know exactly what they're walking into, what they want to connect with. And that is something, as you stated, it's going to take you an extremely long way, especially when it comes to equity. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things is that you've really got to treat the relationships when you're recruiting and you're building a team is that you don't 
treat them transactionally. Meaning that, okay, let's say I'm looking at a UI UX designer to create the designs, the flow, the wireframes. Yes, there, there's a certain portion of it that they have a certain skill set. But the one thing I teach founders is from the beginning, and I even did this with you, is to ask why a person does what they do. What went ahead and, and motivated them to do it? So if I ask a UI UX designer, you know, why do you want to go ahead? Why did you become a UI UX designer? Why do you do this? Well, a lot of them will just say a superficial answer. They'll say something like, well, uh, I like to improve things and make people have uh, less headaches and less pain points and just create a good system. Well, yeah, okay, every UI UX designer likes that. But what I want to know is why they became a UI UX designer. Was there a path? Were they doodling when they were a kid? Did they win art shows? The stuff when they see it on their system drive them crazy and they can't let go of it. Are they driven to go ahead and be a UI UX designer? Because those are the things that are important when it comes to alignment, when it comes to building a team as a founder. You don't want just a team. You want the right team for you. They have to be doing it for the right reasons. Yes, and these team members are actually your family, right? So we want to hear the hunger. We want to hear the drive. It's like, I want to, I want to connect to that. I want to feel it. Bring it to me. Absolutely. The, the worst thing in the world is to be a founder trying to pull people up a mountain. Okay. Let, let me give you a quick example, a quick story. We have a founder uh, called Colin Buckley. Colin Buckley runs a company called Altai Dog Food. He went ahead and had a sick dog. Uh, the vets went ahead and said, hey, put your dog on this dog food then that dog food. The dog kept dying. I'm, I'm, I'm making the story really brief. So he hacks a dog food together, takes him three, four, five, six months. A dog magically springs to life. Phenomenal dog food, all right? Now, I don't know if you know anything about the dog food industry, but it's an insanely competitive industry. It's extremely capital intensive. Big companies really basically have a de facto monopoly on the market. So he goes ahead and puts his first team together on Gusher. These are people that have managed 50 million, 100 million, 200 million dollar budgets, and the company implodes six weeks later, all right? He then puts another team together the right way. He's finally ready to listen to me. So he puts the second team together. A year and a half later, the company's worth more than $10 million, needed zero capital, growing 30% month over month. Now, Michelle, this is not a trick question. The second team all had something in common that the first team did not. This is a dog food company. What do you think the second team all had in common? They love dogs. They don't just love dogs. They're dog zealots. They don't have kids. They have dogs. They eat dogs. They breathe dogs. They live dogs. I don't mean they don't actually eat dogs, but they eat dogs. Yeah, they poop dogs. They have everything to do with dogs. And so he doesn't have to make them pull the sled up the mountain. They pull it willingly because they all get the problem. They all get the issue. That's how a team should be formed. I love that example. That's so connective. And it especially shows the emotional aspect of it because there's such a strong emotional and psychological aspect to selling. So uh, another thing about not just only knowing about dogs and loving them, but they have this constant emotional connection just to that business alone. Yeah, absolutely. But that emotion, you know, it even goes further. It's kind of like 
That emotion then carries over into the marketing campaigns. That emotion then carries over into the packaging design. That emotion then carries over into the formulations, the way the product is fundamentally created. So what happens is, you know, I said earlier, you don't need the right team. You need the right team for you. What that does is it enables the founder, the company, to go ahead and leapfrog generational development. And that's very important. So all that emotional stuff actually goes ahead and ties down to something objective. So instead of a minimum viable product, what they're able to achieve is a market viable product by creating teams like this. We call it the VIM, the vested interest market. The people that have the most to gain from the success or failure of a company should make up the company, should make up the investor base, should make up the original community that you touched upon. Loving these tips, Chris. It's good People stuff. <laughs> it is. I've done it a couple of times. <laughs> I can tell. So you have really refreshed and enlightened us when it comes to looking at startups a lot differently, no matter where we stand on the scale of starting a business. Sure. With every business comes a challenge. Can you share with us what is your current challenge? My challenge really comes down to taking my own advice. I'm kind of like the electrician who goes ahead and has wires sticking out all over his house. I'm really good at telling people what to do, and sometimes I forget my own advice, quite, quite frankly. So, you know, I still work crazy, crazy hours. I have a team that I trust and, and can run themselves magically, but I'm very, I don't know, I don't want to say linear-oriented. I like to deal with founders. I like to deal with entrepreneurs. I like to be in the trenches. So sometimes I get a little bit too deep. So they meet, need me on a plane to fly out to Vegas to close the ex-chairman of Silicon Valley Bank. I get on the plane. They need us up in Wisconsin in the middle of winter to close a factory for them. Well, guess what? We're doing that. They call me up on Saturday at 2 a.m. Uh, because a manufacturing run went bad with honey. Well, I'm taking that damn call. So, you know, I eat, breathe, and live it, but that's also why right now we have won 300 companies going and, and percolating along, you know? There you go. We need your magic, Chris. Yeah. We need your magic. Well, you, you don't need money. Trust me on that. None. You don't, And I don't ask for money either. It's not like a do as I say, say as I do uh, type of thing. It's literally we do not charge. We're an equity player. Your company works is the only time we get equity. If it doesn't, we get nothing. That is a beautiful message of selflessness, Chris. And and it really shows the core values behind your brand and yourself for being able to build something like that for them. I think when you put the customers first, uh, and that has to be, a lot of companies have forgotten about that. You put the customer first, the rest falls in place if you do it the right way and if you hang in there long enough. Absolutely. One other thing I really wanted to touch on with Gusher, three words, create, connect, launch. Sure. Are these an example of what makes Gusher different from other stand-up com startup companies? Well, think of it this way. We're not an incubator. All right. So we're not sitting there going ahead and taking you through a specific template for a specific type of company, which most don't work anyway. Uh, we're not an accelerator trying to get you from a certain sales to the next sales, which again, most don't work anyway. We're not a venture capital company, so we're not giving you funds. We, we're really our own process. We're our own, own church of gusher, if you want to call it. So when we go create, connect, develop, or create, connect, launch, 
Uh, literally, that's our main steps because the main step is kind of like what you and I are doing right now. You have to have the ability or go through the discomfort uh, of getting this ability of reaching out and talking with people. It is the easiest hard work in the world. That's all that's required to build and get a company going. It's talking to people like you and I are doing. If you have a voice, you can do it. If you can pop on a video call, you can do it. Long before there were video calls, I did it without video. I did it with email. I did it with other types of directories. But you can do it. You don't need money. At least you don't need money until the $10 million level. Then land grabs are a different matter. But you don't need anything until the $10 million level. And by then, you're self-sustaining anyway. Very, very true. Chris, thank you so much for that. I'm hooked. I'm fascinated. Yeah. How can the entrepreneurs, underdogs, and future founders yeah. of the world connect with you to get their startup connected with Gusher? Sure. Uh, they can connect with me on gusher.co, G-U-S-H-E-R.co. You just go there. It doesn't cost a damn thing. Uh, you'll automatically get a message from me when you sign on. And that really is me uh, that's messaging you. Uh, and I'd be happy to help you in any way. Uh, we literally get companies started every day um, all across the globe. It doesn't matter where you are, what position you're in. We will help you get your company going the right way. Excellent. Chris, I believe this is perfect timing. We are at the start of 2023. It's a time when a lot of persons are reflecting back on their dreams, wanting to live a full life, live in purpose, live in impact. And so hearing the message behind Gusher and, of course, behind you as the founder, how you really want to encourage and inspire persons to step out on their dreams and just use what they have, communication, you know. Absolutely. But also, they've got to listen to that little voice inside them, that voice that gets drowned out, the voice that every other voice craps upon, that you have all these reasons not to do something. If you're going to bed and you're thinking about an idea, if you're waking up and you're thinking about an idea, if you're going throughout your day and you're in the bathroom thinking about that same damn idea, guess what? That's your soul fighting to go ahead and live for itself, to go ahead and make it happen. Those are the ideas you make happen. Those literally, you have to fight for it and you just start. You don't need money. We'll help you the rest of the way. Excellent. You heard it here first. Gusher.co, make it happen. Listen to that little voice. Follow your dream. I thank you so much for being a part of another awesome guest episode of the Evolvepreneur After Hours show. Before you go, if you like this episode, we'd be very grateful for a five-star review and consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at evolvepreneur.secrets.show right now. Until next time, and if you are an entrepreneur, get started on your next great idea today.